Chuck and Julie, bringing you the truth straight up. I'm Julie Hagan. I'm working at- an Emmy-winning former investigative reporter, a highly successful trial attorney, and publisher of a major Denver area newspaper. They've been partners as talk show hosts and in marriage as parents for over 10 years, providing thought-provoking information, opinion, and entertainment live, local, and interactive. Everyone's voice is always welcome on The Chuck and Julie Show. And hello, everybody. Julie Hayden here with the Chuck and Julie Grassroots Show, Truth Straight Up. Chuck may join us. He has a variety of meetings. He's on the board of the Glendale uh, Chamber of Commerce. They're having a board meeting. He's got Zoom meetings. He's got all kinds of stuff going on, so I'm not totally sure. Let me get the dog out of the picture. Whether he's going to be here or not. At 3.30, we're going to have Bruce Baker coming up. Huge victory for conservatives in the Westminster City Council race. And happy to bring with us now Ken DeGraff, Representative Ken DeGraff, Republican from Colorado Springs, one of the true good guys, and wanted to talk about Prop HH. So, Ken, hey, thanks and welcome to the show. Thanks for your time. Oh, thanks for having me, Julie. I'm very excited that uh, Prop HH uh, Prop HH failed. That was, uh, I think, that's a testament to the uh, the voters getting involved and uh, becoming becoming aware of what's going on in Denver, and just hopefully, hopefully, saying we're going to. Uh, we're going to be paying attention and not uh, not just going along anymore. I guess uh, the overall voting was, I think, about sixty percent. So right. still not not as many as we would like to uh, have that. But I guess the other forty percent just weren't weren't engaged. So uh, either way, Prop HH loses, and that is a uh, that is a huge victory for Colorado. I think so. And, and to kind of break it down a little bit, what I found interesting was that they voted down HH and they voted for keeping the, the nicotine tax right, revenue, which I voted against. But so in other words, it wasn't a situation where voters were just like, I don't understand this. No, no, no. Right. Because the nicotine one was a little con. I mean, so I, I, I guess what I'm saying is I think you're absolutely right. The voters understood what the Democrats were trying to do there and they rejected it overwhelming. I mean, 60 percent is still pretty darn good yes very good i don't know what the i don't know what the past elections of this sort would be like it is was the participation higher in this case i haven't i haven't looked at the numbers to see exact 60 percent seems like it would be higher than in the past which is good which yeah. would be an indication that, well, and one thing that was interesting too is I noticed like Denver and Boulder, which are two pretty big areas. I don't know what's wrong with them. Denver and Boulder, Boulder are getting what they deserve, right? It's like just go to downtown Denver. They apparently voters there supported it, but when you look at the map, just about everywhere else rejected it. Um, and and again, I think the Democrats tried to be crafty with the wording, right? Trying to make it look like, oh, you were going to get rid of your property taxes are going to go down, leaving out the whole Tabor thing. I mean, the Democrats, it's kind of like every few years or maybe even a couple of years, they try to get rid of Tabor. And every time the voters tell them, no, you'd think they get tired of asking. Yes. and But even last night, I was... Uh... I was talking to some friends, very educated friends, and they their indication was, okay, we go yes on HH. Like, no, what? absolutely not. HH is uh, is evil. But when you read through it, when you read through the, uh, you know, the blue books, of course, you know, it's all, it sounds all great. And uh, that's, again, that's what I call uh, politics 101 is what it says it is. It ain't. Um, right. So whatever they, whatever they tell you it is, it's, it's most likely not that. 
Right. Well, and again, in a state that is pretty blue, it seems like once again, the voters are like, hey, keep your hands off our tax dollars and keep your hands off of Tabor. And Jared Polis certainly was not, you know, the magic bullet in this case either, right? No, no. And I, I don't I didn't see him out a lot on it. Yeah. And I think it's I think it's uh, interesting, just as you uh, kind of went down that path, but that uh, the. That Jared, Jared Jong-il had to uh, absolutely lie about what Prop HH was in order for it to uh, even get the uh, even to get the uh, the voter response that it did. So I think that. I think that actually tells us that, uh, you know, Colorado is probably a little bit more conservative than uh, than than they like to admit. They want to you know, they, they want to say, well, we have this mandate of 75 uh, percent advantage. So we have to pass all this socialist, all this, uh, you know, totalitopia type stuff that they want to um, that they want to get through. But in order to get it through. To try to get it through, they have to uh, they have to engage in some very deceptive practices. So, it tells right. me that even their side, if they have the uh, the overwhelming majority, isn't really fully on board with right. their uh, their socialism. Now, the Republicans had tried earlier to say, let's just get a special session because we deal. Well, let me I'm going to back us up and have you explain. We still, though, have these skyrocketing property tax hikes that are coming up. Is that sort of the underlying problem here? Sure. And we talked about that on the uh, the previous show. And, right. Uh, right. They got rid of the Gallagher Amendment. They got rid of the uh, the more. um measured uh tax increase where you know taxes could go up with property as as things change but it you know not according to a rapidly fluctuating housing market um so yeah the ta- the property tax does go up significantly but you know a- again they the legislation can can deal with bringing those back down we don't need to have we don't need to have a vote so if they want if they wanted to go down if then we could just even just take off that uh you know what going from six and three quarters down to six or whatever that was that uh the property that that could be that could be done overnight of course you know that was all that was all smoke and mirrors to get through everything else that was uh included in prop hh mainly the uh the exponentially growing government spending caps. Right, exactly. Well, and so what do you think, Vaughn? So you guys had said, well, let's have a special session to deal with it. Um, And Polis, and saying, because if this loses, we're going to have to move quickly. And Polis was like, no, 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 we don't need no stinking special legislative session. What, and I know everybody's probably still sort of sorting this out, but what are, because I think nobody wants to see our property taxes go up even more, particularly as the rest of the economy is crashing, right? Right. What what are, do you see as some of the solutions and some of the best ways forward? Well, um, I mean, that we we could reimpose, we could fix Gallagher. We could, you know, that Gallagher was supposed to be, uh, you know, hey, repeal it and then we'll fix it and give you something better. Well, that was not that was not huh. done. That could that could be done. And if it lowers taxes, then it should be we should be able to do it in session, get it signed and uh, and go through. So that. And, you know, there's been plenty of times to uh, plenty of time to work on Gallagher. So we should be able to get that. That that should be doable. I think it just shows the uh, the governor and the uh, and his minions are not are not serious about lowering lowering taxes. Mm-hmm. And of course, we know they're not because right. they they have been lamenting the fact they lament the fact that they have to give they consider it a restriction. They consider it a confinement that they have to return anybody's 
over overpayment of taxation. They they just have so many things they want to do instead right. of leaving that money in the economy. So I think we could we could do it. We could lower the taxes. We had a bill. There was a bill. I mentioned it earlier when we were texting that uh, uh, Scott Bottoms uh, presented last year that uh, was uh, t- took it down initially from 4.4% down to 3.5%. And then said, well, we can't do that. So they amended it up to 4.25%. So it would have been a very modest decrease. And the Democrats voted down the small decrease so that they could vote down the uh, the entire bill. So we know that they are not, the Democrats are not serious at all about, and that was to to, to avoid having it even leave committee. So the Democrats are not in any way, shape or form serious about lowering taxes. And the uh, the senior property tax exemption, I was just uh, talking to Steve Schleicher uh, recently, clerk, clerk and recorder from El Paso County. And, uh, you know, he's been involved with the uh, past eight years or so of uh, bills that would uh, change, that would fix the senior property tax exemption. But again, they've they've maintained that. Uh, you know, shot that down on party lines so that they could save it as a wedge issue for something like Prop HH, where they, you know, where they try to put the, you know, promise everybody a, you know, change a portable tax exemption, um, you know, a wafer thin um, tax decrease in, you know, in exchange in this case for an exponentially growing uh, uh, spending cap. Right. What about, and I'm going to get into kind of the government spending thing in a second, but let me ask you this. So I know the advanced Colorado people who were really involved in beating HH, I think they want to float in 2024, just an overall property tax decrease ballot initiative, um, on, I think, right? And, and on the one hand, though, am I right in that these property taxes, the increase is supposed to go in effect in January. So, I mean, help us sort out that and what that might be good bad or what do you think well i think anytime you lower taxes you're just gonna you keep that money out of the government's hands and right. you stop that drain you stop that uh i mean it's a tax i mean when you tax right. something you slow it down you you sap the energy from it any any tax is pulling is pulling energy out of the economy so yeah if advanced colorado wants to do it with a uh with an initiative i think that i think that would be i think that would be fantastic i think uh you know, we could, you know, hopefully, uh, hopefully do it in the uh, legislative session and hopefully, you know, the, uh, the, the populace will now be uh, banging on their representative's door to, uh, to make something happen, to make. What about how do you see that playing out with the Democrats? Because if, if you're a Democrat and you're polis, maybe it's kind of like, OK, well, OK, so maybe what we don't want to do is have the voters hand us, you know, a property ta- a, ta- a decrease. Right. So maybe right. do you think do you see them playing ball a little bit with you guys legislatively and avoiding the ballot issue or do they well, sometimes you just look at the Democrats and they're just crazy and they don't even care. Guanaloco, yes. Um, the uh, there are Democrats that are talking. I just talked to Scott a little while ago, and he's, that there are actually Democrats now wanting to get on the, uh, the a similar bill that he uh, tried to pass last year. And they uh, again, they they, uh, they they wouldn't even do a minor a minor uh, right. adjustment to the tax rate. And so obviously they're getting some pressure from their constituents because they're talking about okay, well maybe we could go down from four and a half down to four percent or something, and then. Um, and that would be, yeah, and that would be encouraging. So anything that, uh, I mean, it's great that uh, you know Coloradans are are thinking in terms of tax reduction, and you know are now aware that 
you know, of the uh, of, of the of the effect when they got rid of Gallagher, they didn't have right. most people didn't have any idea what the overall effect would be. Right, right. So hopefully well, the, I, uh, the property tax initiative, anything that uh, uh, the citizen engagement, I'm all for it because it uh, it puts pressure on in one shape or form. So, yeah, it might it might make the Democrats play a little bit more ball with us. That's or Colorado. They get their uh, they get their initiative passed. And either way, we win. One of the things, too, I think people need to remember is um, how I, I guess just keep in mind is how bad it can get. I think we're all used to sort of things going up incrementally. Right. A cup of coffee that used to cost. 340 at Starbucks is now like literally seven bucks, right? But it didn't jump like that. It went up incrementally. And, you know, so sometimes I think people look at this, this taxes and it goes up incrementally. But my sister who lives in Illinois, who lives in a house that isn't, I think, almost worth as much as a house I live in, but not, she's paying, I, I, I thought she was like lying. She's paying $15,000 in property taxes in Illinois. It's gone up. I mean, it's, I was like, you're kidding me. And she's like, no. And she's like, and she goes, our house is nothing. It's great. You know what I mean? But she's like, it's not this. And so I don't think people think, well, it won't get that bad but you look at places like illinois and california where they have just unfettered spending and it can get really really bad can't it oh absolutely uh, illinois and uh, any place that's a blue stronghold uh and that's why and and the crazy thing is these blue strongholds people from there you know they're looking at it and going well wait why would i maybe i'll retire in colorado where i can right. at least get a little bit of a, of a reprieve. Now we're, you know, now they're changing that. So, you know, any, any time that there's, um, you know, a blue state Democrats, uh, leftists in charge of spending, there's, it, it's never enough. And that's, you know, that's one of the things with 2A that, uh, you know, there's, there's never going to be enough spending where they have, they have the, the money and they're always going to be taking it out for, for something that's, sh- that's how they show how effective they are. That's how they, uh, they see that all they see any problem and that in, in their mind, it can only have a government solution where we see problems and we, we, we can have a uh, individual solution, a business solution, a industry, free market solution. Um, they they apparently do not really have any confidence in the people at all no. to solve their own problems. So it's always a government solution, which, of course, is always means more pro- more power for them, which ultimately leads to an abuse of that power. Well, yeah. I mean, look at some of the things that Polis is, they want, I mean, fortunately, Polis shot down or said he would shoot down the safe, you know, the heroin injection sites. He said, no, we're not going to spend money on that. But you look at the preschool debacle, the universal preschool debacle, which just is from everything you read and hear, just it's a nightmare for the schools, for the parents, for the kids. Um, so and they want to throw more money at that. What do you see coming up this legislative session? I mean, they do have a pretty strong grab on things, obviously, at the state house. Do you, what, what do you, what are some of the things that people you think need to be watching out for? Well, they haven't really floated anything uh, uh, by me. Um, <laughs> I have been asked to, uh, I have been asked to be on bills. Uh, you know, no, no surprise. They want uh, everything to be bipartisan. Uh-huh. But I did, I did explain my, you know, my, my overall criteria were, was, uh, and it was like, we'd like you to be on these three or four bills. And as well, my criteria is that it, uh, you know, returns, uh, you know, secures liberty for the individual, lowers taxes, increases freedom. And then, then I don't hear anything back. So <laughs> the, uh, the legislation that's being, uh, that the legislation that's being, uh, promoted on the, on the, uh, 
on the Democrat side, on the socialist side, however you want to, is, is not, is not anything that's, uh, I would not expect it to be anything that uh, promotes liberty or prosperity. And certainly not life. They, uh, they're, they are not going to promote life, liberty, or prosperity. They are, they will be, they will be taking, uh, they will be taking for you. And you would think after 500 bills a year, at some point they would have, they would have enough, but there is no problem that the government can't make worse with the solution. So every time they do one of these things, it creates another problem and it creates another opportunity for them to take more power and more, right. and, and more, uh, more power and more money. For like, and I was reading this, this annoys me. One of the biggest things and in the overall scheme of things, I guess it's not all that giant, but the stupid plastic bag fee, right? <laughs> now I got to say, even the grocery stores I go to, they're like, yeah, whatever, how many bags you have, right? Yeah, um, um, but I, I realize in January, the stores aren't going to be able, they can just sell what they have left, I guess. And then it goes away altogether. That's one of those things I think that is just freaking annoying. You know, you see people coming out of the grocery store and they've got all their stuff, they're holding on to it. I think businesses don't like it because I mean, it's shoplifting is a problem already. Uh, but that's one of those things where, again, it was a, a, a solution to a problem that didn't exist and caused more problems. They are not saving any turtles or whales or dolphins or anything like that. Um, people are just using other plastics. I mean, it's, but it's one of those things that you kind of hope, and that guess is my kind of lead to my next question. Do you think I get the sense that people are starting to wake up. People are starting to be like, wait a minute, you know, wait, wait a minute. As this now I have to pay for bags to take my groceries home kind of thing. Um, and, you know, I, I mean, just all of the, the things. And I'm just wondering, what do you think? And in terms of have the Democrats, it's hard to imagine them thinking this, but as they go further and further, I'm beginning to think that people are starting to wake up and say, no, that that's far enough. No, you can't go any further. I think the uh, I think the people are starting to the bags is actually probably a good indication of, uh, you know, I think everybody is annoyed by that. I'm sure a lot of people were very uh, much. Well, you know, we'll we'll just bring our bags. Well, those are not cost effective. They're not you know, they're not environmentally effective. They're they're uh, and then everybody leaves them in the car. Anyways, they go into the grocery store. I know. They leave them in the car. I do that every time, every time. (laughs) what, What I thought was funny is last year. You know the the legislation passed all this stuff requiring you to have these bags. So like the these things that the the lobbyists would leave on the desks were were quite often the uh, the grocery bags. So it's like, <laughs> hey, we'll we'll insulate you from your own really bad decisions, uh, but you know we're not gonna we're not gonna help the the people of Colorado out with that. No, those those, those things are completely ineffective. And in fact, last year, uh, I with their carbon sequestration, I I, I ran an amendment to uh, to make that would have made uh, that would have banned you know recycling of plastic and paper post post durable hydro uh, post durable uh, market hydrocarbons or some that because each each pound of plastic that goes to landfill takes six and a half pounds of carbon dioxide out of the atmosphere and there's a market so that's a market solution so if they were say in this case with the climate if they were serious about taking carbon dioxide out of the atmosphere you would encourage the use of plastic bags so that you could put them in landfill right now they they're I mean, there, there's little use for them, but, and then we send our, a lot of our recycling over to, uh, a lot of it goes over to, it, not, it's put on a boat, it goes overseas, right. and then in a lot of those places, they just dump it in rivers. They just, and, and they burn it. it. And right. they burn yeah. it. Well, right. burning it would be, burning it would be a great way to, uh, 
to actually convert it to energy because <laughs> but they won't do that because it has carbon dioxide even though that even though carbon dioxide has no appreciable effect on on the energy and the climate maybe I, I figured it out today. It was like three one three one millionths of a per, three one millionths three parts in one million would be the uh, the impact on getting of getting rid of all of Colorado carbon dioxide. And I think it's ridiculous. And, 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 and to me, I think it is not so much for the Democrats necessarily even about the climate, but it's about incrementally telling us what we can and can't do with our lives and how we have to live our lives and what we can eat, what we can't eat, how we can carry our stuff out of the grocery store, how we can't. And I think it is. You know, I mean, they just kind of keep taking things away. Um, it's like I said, the little, the Starbucks and all of a sudden you wake up one day and your cup of coffee is like eight bucks. And now you're saying, I'm not sure I'm not drinking that anymore. And I kind of hope, and that's why I wanted to get your take in this election. Cause I know there's a lot of talk nationally about uh, we lost some of the marquee races, right? Some of the big ones in Virginia, but I think you look around and you look around in Colorado, the Denver public school board, um, the teachers union candidates lost. Right. I think in Denver, they've, they've had enough of the nonsense going on in Denver. In Westminster, the conservative candidates won. In Aurora, the conservative candidates won. And you look at various races around the country. And I, again, I think everything's a psyop on the Democrat and the media's part. They're trying to make us think, oh, is this total loss? And I, I don't think it was. I think you look around and I do think that there is some pushback that is starting. But what, what do you think? Oh, I do. I think there is pushback. Uh, El Paso County, we have a oh. we have a tremendous uh, grassroots movement, and they are going to the school boards. They are going to the uh, county commission, the city councils. They are they're 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 engaged. They're watching. They're uh, you know we uh, we lost our vigilance. We you know we were not a, we we thought we had the uh, this perfect system, and we really do. Uh, and so we, uh, we we you know we lost being vigilant is hard and we uh yeah. and we uh and, and we and we let go of that so now people are they're getting engaged and they're bringing other people on with them and then hopefully things like hh will uh emphasize uh just how necessary how necessary that is right do you think the democrats are surprised by hh because they did all their crafty evil twisty strategies and it still didn't work do you think do you think they were surprised I think they're, I think they're a little bit surprised. I think they were surprised because, yeah, they were very willing to, well, again, they're really, HH was just an outright lie. Everything that was to promote it was an outright lie. They're, that doesn't bother them. I mean, that's, you know, truth is, truth is relative for them and it's whatever, whatever forwards their cause. So, um, I think they are a little bit surprised because they had some, they had some promises, uh, you know, the, the 1311, the, you know, going to, uh, you know, even out the, uh, you know, take the Tabor refunds initially and, and you know, take yeah. from the rich, supposedly give, take from the people who have paid more ta- excess tax in and give it to people who have paid little or no excess tax. And then, uh, you know, as, as a bribe to ultimately get rid of, to ultimately keep and maintain all of the excess all of tax. Right, right. Well, let me final question for you then. I mean, kind of as they're starting to gear up for the legislative session, I know you say, you know, you haven't heard back from them in terms of liberty, things like that. But what kinds of, and again, the Republicans, you guys are so out person there, but what kind of things are you looking for or starting to talk about as we kind of, I mean, God, when you look at it, January is not that far away. 
Oh, don't remind me that uh, yeah. <laughs> it's the uh, the the uh, the countdown to going back to the gold dome cesspool is uh is not is not on my. Uh, it gives me great dread. Not an advent dread. calendar kind of thing for you. It huh? is not an advent calendar. It would uh, it would be one of those things you'd like put on the roll of toilet paper and then just. Uh, so yeah, it is a. Uh, yeah, not not something I want to do. I just I, I don't I can't say I want to be in politics. I just don't trust the ones who do. Right. Um, but uh, things that I'm looking at is uh, I, I'm going to try carbon dioxide again. I, right. I would like to see uh, I would like to see all of these green initiatives have a cradle to grave. And uh, something I'm working with Krish uh, Energy on is a you know wording on uh, a cradle to grave. Uh, so all of these initiatives would have to say, well, this is, these are the pollutants. So not just in the United States, but in, uh, in, in manufacturing. And if you, you know, you uh, talk to Karta Krishna from uh, Krish Energy, uh, as we, we've been doing, you know, this, all of this uh, green energy displaces the emissions to, uh, to places like India and China. Right. So everybody that's driving around here right. in their Tesla and patting themselves on their back for being environmentally conscious, there's a kid in India choking on the exhaust fumes and they're much right. worse. Right. And, and so the virtue preening is, uh, and that's, and that's out of ignorance. I mean, it's, it's all very, so, you know, people in order to make a good uh, decision, it's like, okay, if we're going to, if we're going to implement uh, green energy here we need to know how much it how much right. it costs and then part of that would be to say and we're not going to count carbon dioxide in that because of such a uh of such a low uh two parts in 1000 would be right. the impact on for all of the if you got rid of all of the united states carbon the energy impact on the atmosphere would be less than two parts in 10,000 right. it's it's minuscule the ipcc recognizes that but the scientists recognize that, but then they spin it into policy briefs and then they, right. it, it climate gullibility. Other things I'm looking at is uh, I ran second amendment protection act last year. This might be, might not do that this year. Might go with a, uh, some, uh, some, some conference, some pushback on the red flag laws, the incredibly okay. unconstitutional red flag. Of course, I'm going to, uh, we're going to try due process asset forfeiture because uh, we've, we've streamlined that from uh, what we did uh, last year, because that's a, uh, it's a very, you're not, you know, uh, 614 men that you're not allowed to, uh, you know, deprive somebody of, you know, life, liberty or property without due process. And then right, right now it's a civil process and it's like that, that's just not constitutional I and, it, and it's really hurting people. And years ago, I did a series of stories about the civil, the with the police, the forfeiture, and everything they forfeited. So the cops would drive around in the cars that they, you know, that they seized. Right? They would mm-hmm. they would create gyms in the basement of, of you know the the police house. I mean, it was kind of like it was like a little piggy bank, right? And so, but good for you for that. Hey, listen, I will let you go. Thank you for your time and your thoughts, and just appreciate all the work that you guys are doing. All right. Well, thanks for having me. It was good chatting with you again. All right. Thank you. Ken DeGraff, Representative Ken DeGraff there. And I see Bruce Baker is joining, so we'll bring him up. Thank you, Ken. Some of the comments really? from from Sandra, they're all Democrats. It's all about taking the money away any way they can. Plus, when oh, back to the plastic plagues. Plus, when there are still plastic bags to use at the grocery store when you shut up the produce house. Exactly, Sandra. I mean, certain plastic bags are okay. Others are not. From Barney, yeah, everything you buy warped in plastic, Sandra, not to mention the germs that everyone brings into the store with all the stupid reusable bags. Sandra 
Melissa's good point, Barney. And then says, Ken is fantastic. Thank you, Julie, for having me on the show. We need to hear from him more. I do understand how probably he is, how busy he is again, but thank you. I think he is pretty busy. Well, yeah, and, and while we're waiting for Bruce to come on, and again, just for folks, if you're just- okay. Oh, he's here. Um, if you're waiting, Chuck um, has various meetings today, um, and he was going to jump on if he could. But want to bring on Bruce Baker, uh, newly reelected Westminster City Council member. Bruce, thank you for your time and congratulations. Hey, Julie, thanks so much. But at the last update at two twenty, I am now twelve votes behind. You're twelve votes behind. Oh my yeah, gosh, how is okay? Well, that's kind of. Huh. Are the Democrats in charge of the voting machines? <laughs> <laughs> it makes you wonder, doesn't it? It does make you wonder. Well, let me, how about Chris? So the other candidate who was on your slate, who was at, at the last count had more with Christine Ireland. How is she doing? Oh, she is still number one. Okay. Okay. And she's a conservative. I think though there were some, how about, so I won't get in too much into the weeds, but one of the things that seemed to me is sort of the mayor's candidates um, and some of the, uh, like Rich Seymour, some of you have been a city council member, were not doing that well. Is How is that changing? Uh, that is not changing at all. They are still very far behind. Okay. Let me ask you this though, because one of the things, and hopefully 12 votes, well, that's, is that within a recount measure too? You know? Well, not the way that I understand it. The last okay. time I ran, uh, again, I was ahead. And then as they kept counting these dribble drabs of votes, I went from being third place to being fourth place. Okay. And at that time, because in each of the different counties, the difference in each of the counties oh. was not one half of 1%. So even though in the combined total, it was 48 votes, right. because in each of the counties, it not being one half of 1%, uh, I was told there was it would be no automatic recount. I can, I, all right, I see that doesn't seem quite right, but well, I'll keep my fingers crossed then and hopefully all will come out. But let me ask you this. One of the things that we were, we were talking about, and we've been talking to you, you know, I door knocked one night with you briefly, you know, we've contributed to your campaign because you are, as you guys said, for sort of common sense government, but you guys are openly conservative too. I, I mean, and, and it was it, sometimes in city council races, it can be hard to figure out what people are and they kind of trick you and they try to trick you. What was the sense though, as you did this campaign that you were getting from the people in, in Westminster? Well, uh, I found that uh, people here in the city either love me or hate me. <laughs> okay, well. <laughs> and all the ones who loved me were thrilled that I was running and thrilled that they had a real choice on the table with, with I mean, the three of us. Right. Uh, and for the sort of supporters of, like, I mean, the bureaucracy, they were not thrilled. <laughs> right. Right. Well, one of the things that you've campaigned on, and I want you to talk a little bit about this, is um, taking back control of the city from essentially the staff, i.e. bureaucrats who run it. Because I think it is so, and I think that's common in cities. Um, and I've covered city councils for years. You have, you know, you guys are all living and doing your, you know, earning a living, living your lives, and you rely on staff. But the staff increasingly, I think, in cities is very progressive, very liberal, very urban density oriented um and i mean i think that's a that's a problem not just in westminster but but all over the country don't you think 
I absolutely agree. I could not have said it better myself, is the staff has their own agenda. And generally, it's my observations that people who run for city councils really want to cooperate. They truly want to make things better. And yet, when they come face to face with the magnitude of all the challenges and all of the choices they have to make, they are overwhelmed. And so they rely on the staff. And that's the only way I can explain what happened two years ago. Two years ago, the voters were absolutely upset with the outrageous water prices that had gone on over the previous three years. And they kicked all the old council out. Right. Every one of them, except one who ran on a platform that he was going to lower water rates. But all the others were kicked out. And this new group came in promising lower water rates. And here we are two years later, and we have not meaningfully lowered water rates. And worse still is this council, the way it is made up now, intends on raising on in intends on borrowing $150 million. And just the principle on interest on that will mean there's no way that we can have water rates similar to what Broomfield or Arvada or even Denver charge. It's just, you know, it, it just sort of seems like they abuse you, they abuse you, they abuse you. And then they're like, okay, we're only going to hit you over the head with the hammer three times today, not five. And we're like, oh, thank you. Thank you. You know, you just get used to it. What about, and looking around though, you know, I was saying earlier, and I know you were incredibly focused on your race. I was talking with Ken DeGraff, state representative earlier. It does seem to me, you know, you read the headlines and it all says, oh, bad, bad day for Republicans, horrible for Republicans. And I think you look around at various races and that's not necessarily the case. Um, I mean, because for, for, for Christine Ireland in, in Westminster, hopefully for you in Westminster, Aurora, I think, maintained a conservative and, and grew a conservative thing. Um, the Denver public school system, I think that's interesting, kicked out the teacher union candidates. Um, when you were talking to people, and I know you talk largely about Westminster issues, but again, I think it's just broader. I'm kind of going with my theme of I think people are waking up. That for a while, things were floating around, everything was nice, and people weren't paying that much attention. But my sense is people are waking up and going, wait a minute. Um, did you get a sense of that, too? Knocking on, Because you know it's knocking a million doors and talk, well, not a million, but a lot of doors and talk to a lot of people. <laughs> uh, true. And, and, that would, and that was my observation, too. Uh, the problem is, is that I think the media... And not a dig on you, but no. the, uh, but the mainstream media wants to dumb elections down. Yeah. And sometimes I laugh and say, and say, well, that's why the people who spend the most money win. Yeah. Because, and their message is not a message of substance. That was what I was very proud about, uh, two other individuals I was involved with. We right. talk substance, but most other people just talk. They're nice people. Yeah. yeah. Well, they're nice people, but on what basis is that to make a choice on which candidate to choose? Right. Well, and the, no- and, the, and, the, and it's the local things that we've seen here in Westminster, and we saw this in other places. One of the things they wanted to do also was um, 
um, increase the garbage fees, right? Or go to a single garbage, that kind of thing. They were going to, I worked with, I have a friend who was doing some things at Westminster Day and they had to pay all kinds of money to use green, you know, forks and spoons that coincidentally were with a company that somebody was friends with. I mean, you see all of this stuff. Um, and, and it's crazy. Oh, and we've got Chuck with us now. Chuck is joining yeah, us on the phone. Yeah, Chuck. <laughs> All right, Chuck. So I'll bring up this around with Bruce Baker, who is actually technically he just told us down 12 votes right now, but we're hopeful that'll come around. But um, I'll let you, you can go ahead. Now that we finally got you, you can go ahead and, and, and say hello, too. Hey, Bruce, what hello, do you mean Chuck? you're down 12 votes? <laughs> yes, What's yes. That about? Uh, as of as of 220. Okay, this afternoon, I had fallen from being 10 votes ahead to 12 votes behind. Have you been, have you been, uh, hearing your ballot? Uh, we're going to have to look at that, uh, curing ballots that we think might be on our side. Uh, I, I have not begun that process yet. No. Well, because hopefully there's time to do it. Right. You don't have much time to do it. And we'll help I know you mine have been, yeah, I mean, you know, I've seen mine ballot rejected because my signature changes over time, and uh, that's that's terrible. That's terrible news. <laughs> it, it is indeed terrible news. How, We're not giving up. How, uh, you know, how I could go from being 300 votes ahead last night to 10 votes behind this morning, and they haven't counted that many more votes. Oh, well, that's... That that is that is questionable, huh? Um, well, and wasn't there an issue? Well, now, the- now I'm really depressed. <laughs> oh, Chuck. <laughs> Don't feel alone, Chuck. But I'm not depressed yet. We gotta. We have to let this play out. How many votes are left to count? Uh, I do not know. I I can't find that anywhere yet. They may not know, right? If they're still dribbling in, um, it's not clear where they. Well, they're not dribbling in. in. I don't know where they dribble in from. Don't they have them all in their possession? Didn't they really pick them up by eight o'clock last night? You would think. Yes. You would think. What was the turnout like in Westminster so far? Do you know, Bruce? Well, it looks like the total vote, and I'm and I'm judging this from well the number of votes on the uh, on the ward question. It looks like we're somewhere around twenty six thousand five hundred. Is that? That doesn't sound like very That's much. Normal. Is that? Well, no, yeah. it, it is very typical. It's okay. very typical. Very typical. Well, listen, Bruce, I think I will um, let you go because I know you've got work okay. to do there and, and, and do that yeah. and let us know we can help you with that. And Chuck, you can stay on the line, right? Because there are some other stuff you wanted to talk about sort of on a broader level. Well, I wanted to talk to Bruce about <laughs> <laughs> uh, Is Is what's her name still ahead, Miss Ireland? Oh yes, uh, she is. Uh, she is way ahead. As of the last count, she had ten really thousand one hundred ninety-seven, and then uh, Claire Car Amelia was next with nine thousand seven eighty-six, and with the new numbers, Amber Hot has nine thousand two hundred seventy, and I have nine thousand two hundred fifty-eight. Okay. Wow, that's uh, that's that's shocking. I mean, there's yeah. that much of a. How, how many new votes came in from last night from the uh, prior? Uh, well, uh, well, uh, this is from 
these were counted at 220, and the previous count was at 1242. So what's that? An hour and 40 minutes later. An hour and 40 minutes later. Let me do some quick addition here. That's all right. We didn't know. You didn't know this was going to be a math problem. I can do it in my head, but let's use a machine and help. Well, you've got to get right away the ballots that have been rejected because the signature didn't match up. And I have to go to the county clerks to do that, right? I think the city hall should have that, shouldn't they? Well, you've got what he's got. Bruce has various. Remember, I mean, it's various counties. So that kind of Westminster and and. Well, I mean, it's you got Jefferson County, you've got Jefferson and you have Adams. Yeah, you're right. You have to go to both counties. You have to do all that. So it was so it was a total of four hundred and eighty two more votes were counted. And from those four hundred and eighty two votes, Miss Hot got one hundred and sixty eight to my one hundred and forty six. And even though the first twenty thousand votes they counted, I was ahead in this last handful. They count sometimes the outperforms me. That is strange. That is strange. That is. Well, listen, we will let you go because I know you got to get to work on that and we will help if we can. Let us know. Bruce, thank you. Yeah, yeah. let me know. Bruce. I'll be happy to. To help you with the with the uh, the ballots, because you only have okay. like forty hours or so to do it. So all right, okay. all right, cool. Thank Bruce you. Bruce Baker for, for Westminster City Council. Chuck, yeah, I tried to I tried to break it to you gently, Chuck. <laughs> um, but that was that, that's what was. I'm devastated. Um, well, it's not, I think it's not over till it's over. So we'll see. Um, it, it, it's I, once again there were well, issues. Mostly it was over last night, and I know the Westminster whistle. You know, congratulated Bruce on winning and everything else. Right, so right. Well, that's, you know, real quickly, that while well, I've got you, let's talk about, you know, in general, one thing I agree with, I was saying earlier, Chuck, that, you know, the media tries to spin everything and you read things. It's like, oh, devastating night for Republicans, devastating night for Republicans. And I'm not sure. Again, I think the way to put it is I read one column that said they lost the marquee races, right, in Virginia and Kentucky, um, you know, the Ohio um, abortion vote. But in a lot of other places, conservatives did well. Um, and in a lot of places they didn't, but I mean, it wasn't like this devastating thing, but one thing I do agree with, and there are a lot of calls for people to get Ronna McDaniel out of the RNC. It doesn't seem to me that she did anything that was helpful this time around. I mean, what do you think on that? Well, she hasn't been successful at all, but she'll, you know, cause they'll have to drag her out of there because, you know, she's the donor class likes her. So, well, well, because the donor class doesn't like us, right? Again, you go back to what we've talked right. about before. The, the donor class is perfectly happy to keep things the status quo. Mitch McConnell doesn't actually really care if they win or lose. I got to imagine Ron McDaniel when in some way, shape or form, you know, she, she doesn't care if, you know, Chuck and Julie and, you know, what, you know, whoever criticizes her, as long as the donor class likes her, do you suppose that's the deal? Yeah, yeah. I mean, she's yeah. not going anywhere. And Sandra says, I agree. Plus, she's Mitt Romney's relative. Um, well, yeah, she's uh, yeah. Romney. You, it used, you see, she's always included as her middle name, Romney. Right. Drop that. 
Um, well, one thing I was reading that that maybe if Trump wants her gone, she'll be gone. Uh, but this is a Ron McDaniel who's holding debates without Trump, right? I mean, I don't I don't know how much power Trump has over that. Do, do you? No, he doesn't have control over that. I mean, the RNC is controlled by by the establishment. Who? Uh, and he, he doesn't have you know he doesn't have he doesn't have the power within the RNC to do anything. No, no, that's what I would kind of, and it, well, and basically, I don't think he's winning friends there n- anymore. I mean, he at least currently because he's, I mean, he's ignoring the debates. In fact, Trump is having a rally in Florida today too. I mean, because the folks didn't know there is the third debate. Now you watch the other debates. Are you going to watch this one, Chuck? Absolutely. Oh, you will, <laughs> Chuck. Snap yourself out of the. It's such an echo, and and it's it, you know and. and once again, who do they have as moderators? I mean, my God, Holt, um, whoever the new uh, Sunday person show is, and and uh, NBC. Seven, yeah, well, they have seven tens. What's his name? I mean, it's just it's just everything you wouldn't want if you're Trump. Well, and it um, it so is. A- it's yeah, NBC is holding it, and they decided to let Salem Broadcasting, which is technically a Christian conservative network, but they don't have yeah, their but main host. Have Hugh Hewitt do it, and, right. and Hugh Hewitt hates Trump. Right, right. Um, so you know, I mean, whoopee. Right. So you have right. you have two Democrats who hate Trump, and one Swiss who hates Trump. Right. Um, and why would he go to that debate? Well, and no, I don't blame him for going there. And you know that they're going to ask their socialist kind of questions, the progressive Democrat agenda questions. And yes. Hugh Hewitt might yes. ask some wonky kind of question, but they're going to dominate it. The whole thing is going to be designed to make not only the current candidates, but the Republican Party in general and Donald Trump specifically to make him look bad. I, I mean, I think that's the only thing that they want to accomplish anymore there. Yeah, no, it's the RNC is awful. Um, I mean, you, you, it's, it's just, I mean, I mean, there are some efforts to try to change it, um, including having Laurel Imer, Laurel Imer. here in Colorado for a committee woman. Um, so I think there are people out there who want to change it, but, but it's kind of been an entrenched theocracy um, for a long time, and they've always been, you know, establishment-oriented. Uh, yeah. You know, Weston, Weston Imer said, you know, all the suggestions at the youth advisory and, and their response to it is that shut up. <laughs> yeah. No, TikTok's run by the Chinese. It's like, don't never mind that it's the main form of communication for young people. Well, let me bring up one other thing. So first you were happy about Comer. Then you were kind of depressed about Comer being the new Speaker of the House. But things are happening under his, le- not Comer, Johnson. Johnson, I'm sorry. But uh, but the House, and, and I know this isn't his committee, but the House Oversight Committee today subpoenaed Hunter Biden, James Biden, their wives, Haley Biden, who was Bo Biden's wife, who had an affair with Hunter. They're going to need a flow chart to keep track of all of these things. And then her sister, who they were also texting back and forth about with with the money. I think for a change, they they aren't just saying we're going to, they've been saying they were going to do this for like, you know, years now. And all of a sudden they finally did it. What do you make of that? That it's all Mike Johnson. I mean, Matt Gates. It said, you know, why haven't we, why haven't we uh, subpoenaed any of the Bidens? If, if we're really having an investigation, why haven't we subpoenaed any of the Bidens? And that's because the, the speaker was was stopping it. 
Right. So it's another very encouraging sign that Mike Johnson, um, you know, it, it's always amazing that the McCarthy, as somebody said, all he was doing was doing the Democrats' bidding, and and you wonder why Republican gasroots get upset after having that for the last God right. knows how many years. Um, right. So that's incredibly encouraging, and it's one more good sign that it isn't this, you know, I mean, uh, you know, from Boehner to Ryan to 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 McCarthy. I mean, it's just been a disaster, just right. been a disaster. And so this is, uh, I think that's that's great. Um, so that that. Uh, and well, I think that's good too. And hopefully, when or if they refuse to testify, they'll do the same thing to them that they did to people like Steve Bannon, hold them in contempt of Congress, which is bizarre, and, and throw them in jail. Yeah, I think it's going to be. Well, they won't be... because because the only people who can enforce the contempt of Congress is the Justice Department, well, right? And they're not going to do it. No, no. Um, but at least, at least, though, I mean, you know, we're looking at, you know, Ivanka Trump is testifying in the New York trial. Trump himself testified. I mean, they're torturing and constantly calling the Trump family and everybody's following Ivanka. She goes in and out of the courtroom. You know, I, I'm going to go out on a limb here and predict that we don't see wall to wall coverage of, you know, when Hunter Biden testifies or, or any of that. You know, it's got to be uh, interesting. Well, they're, they're, they're all going to take the Fifth Amendment. My my prediction. You think they'll take the fifth, or will they just no? Go ahead. Take the fifth. They'll take the fifth, except you know some tendential, you know, the daughter or something that you know had the diary or or something else that really wasn't in the you know the the true insider that cried him the Biden crime family. Right, right. Uh, What's going to be interesting? take, Take the fifth, Joe. Joe, of course, that you can't. No, well, not, they haven't subpoenaed him. But I, my prediction is first, I just refuse to show up. Right. And I think they'll we'll wait and see how hard the Republicans want to push it. And I'm hoping that now that they've done that, and I think that once again, the grassroots is, is getting fed up, that they, that they will go ahead and, and push it. So you never know. Um, hey, listen, we can wrap this up early. Um, oh, this is from Sandra, just about a minute early. I love your shows, Chuck and Julie. Thank you. They were all great. If I'm all, unable to listen live, I always read your podcast at chuckandjulie.com. Thank you, Sandra. That was great to hear. Um, Party Friday is coming up. Lots to talk about again on Party Friday. Um, and on Monday, I'll let people know we're going to have Ash App and Holly at Altitude on. They are being persecuted by the Colorado Attorney General's office and call out. It's just outrageous what's happening to them for simply, oh, I don't know, trying to support something as as basic as election integrity. So a lot of stuff coming up. Chuck, I was telling folks, you've got meetings galore. We got to get you off of this early because you have a meeting with all the lawyers on the opt-out lawsuit. So you're busy today, huh? Yeah, yeah, I am. I am. All right. Well, Chuck, I will see you later. Everyone say thank you to Ken DeGraff. Thank you to Bruce Baker. Good luck to Bruce Baker. Everybody on Zoom, we appreciate you so much. Um, And as always to Thomas, our great producer. Uh, That is it for Wednesday. We will see everybody on Party Friday. Bye-bye.